welcome to the Holistic You podcast. I'm your host, James Wyler. The purpose of this podcast is to teach you the things you didn't get taught in school, to teach you the things your parents didn't teach you about living a balanced life, from career through to spirituality, knowledge through to inspiration, exercise through to wealth, and nutrition through to relationships. We help inspire you with the confidence for your own personal development journey. Welcome back, guys. We've got our second episode today with Gaj Ravichandra. And in our first episode, um, Gaj and I really discussed all about how to find your purpose in your career. Um, Now, today, the second episode is all about, well, now that you know what kind of career you want to have, how can we be the best at that career? So welcome back, Gaj. Thank you, James. Thanks for having me back, mate. Uh, Pleasure. So let's just jump straight into it. Um, Gadge, we did obviously discuss in our last episode about finding that purpose, but now that um, we're on the right track and we've found that purpose, can you tell us how do we have a high-performing mindset? How do we get really good at what we want to do? Yeah, and you know, you said a key word there, right, which is around mindset, and I think it really does start and stop with what we tell ourselves. It's the script in our minds, right? Um, and so one of the things I always ask people to do is to imagine that you are a, a screenplay writer and a director in your brain. And so therefore you get to choose the words every day that you tell yourself around your career and how you focus on things. And there's one particular mantra that I use, which I found has been super helpful in my career. And I know it's helped a lot of other people, which is need to control the controllables. And there are a lot of things out of our control. Right. We can't control the weather. We can't control the economy. We can't control, you know, how our boss might turn up in terms of their mood um, on a daily basis. But there are a heck of a lot of things in our control. Right. That we can focus on that can help us in terms of how we perform. And so when we refocus on those things that are in our control, we then get to actually magnify the impact that we have. So let me give you an example. If you're in a, you know, working in a role, you know, where you've got a lot of change, you're dealing with clients all the time, you know, there's lots of different pressures around maybe targets or budgets, you've got to hit P&Ls, maybe you have to manage as team. There are going to be certain things that you need to do proactively, right, to support people around you, whether it's your clients, whether it's your team, whether it's your peers and your boss. And when you start to unpack that, then you start to see, well, how do I serve these people, right, in the best possible way? And as you're serving those people, what you tend to find is that if their jobs get easier or their performance lifts, right, you are directly benefiting typically from that, right? And I think one of the things that I find a lot of people get stuck on is they tend to get stuck on themselves a little bit, seeing themselves as the hero of the story, right? Now, if we consider ourselves more as a mentor or a guide, right, through that story, then the question becomes, well, who am I a mentor to or a guide to in this story? Is it my clients? Is it my direct reports? Is it my peers? Is it my boss? And so that then can sometimes help us to think about how we need to structure our thoughts. What do I need to do? How do I need to feel about this? And therefore, what do I, how do I need to behave? What are the actions I need to put into place today, right, that are going to make that difference? Does that make sense? It absolutely does. Yeah. So. I guess what I take from what you're saying is 
when you're operating in a in a team or even servicing clients with the attitude of you know how do I make you look good? How can I help you? How can I service you? How can how can I help you be your hero? You know the hero in your own story type thing. Absolutely, yeah. We're switching yeah. the role, right? We're, we're yeah. creating them as yeah. We're making them in the script as the hero. Absolutely. So I think that that is the the first mindset shift for me that I find can be really helpful uh, around that. And then the second thing, and it's all connected to controlling the controllables, right? And sort of managing that. The second thing is then getting excited about problems. I think a lot of us look at problems as a real obstacle to our success and our happiness. But if you talk to most of us uh, really deep down, you look at the, the stories of people who have been successful and performing at a high level. Ironically, it's the problems that have caused them to be in those positions. We've had to go through debacle or issues or challenges that have actually resulted in us growing and becoming stronger right through that. So instead of being worried about problems, saying, well, if I come across a problem, it's actually going to improve me. Right. So it's, you know, it's a Six Sigma term called probability, Right. Every problem has an opportunity. And so we want to embrace the opportunity that comes forward. And therefore, that fear, that anxiety drops. And what does that mean? It typically means we're willing to try new things. We're willing to take more risks. We're willing to look at a situation differently. And so that can massively change the way that we look at our performance. Um, because if we just keep doing the same stuff, we're going to expect the same outcomes. And so we want to shift that. And so it's not necessarily about I'm just going to jump out of my comfort zone into some random space that I don't know anything about, right? That can cause massive anxiety. But it's almost like if you were to visualize, you know, your comfort zone and just you pushing the comfort zone boundaries. You're not jumping out of it, you know, to some massive leap, right? You're just pushing the boundary. So it's getting a little bit larger and larger as you go through life. And so all of a sudden you might look back and think, wow, I'm actually in a pretty significant space here because I've been able to get uncomfortable and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so, you know, that can be a big milestone as well, right? Now, that could relate back to even how you think about what I think is one of the most important aspects of your, your network. Because your network really helps you around, you know, your performance. And your network is both internal and external, right? And so, you know, one of the things that I always recommend to people is, is that, you know, magical every six months reassessing, you know, sort of who's in my network? Who do I want to add in my network? Who do I think I'm going to be of value to, right? In this network? Because it's not just about taking, 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 right? We also have to give, right? As part of this process. And it's amazing how many times when you go down that give path, how much you can actually take as well. It's actually quite interesting how life works that way. So I think, and your networks are important because they do help you to get that exposure, right? And, and to get those lessons and those, those learnings. So I think, you know, that mindset piece, that network piece are really important to helping you to get that exposure to, to improving your performance. Yeah. I really love that you say that about the problem being an opportunity, Gage, because if you're in the workplace, those people that seem to be the high performers are those that will come up with a problem, but they'll also come up with a solution and they'll actually say, well, this sucks, but we can change it by doing these things. And then those people um, often are given the opportunity to fix the problem and, and obviously they're, they're adding value. Um, so, you know, I completely, completely resonate with that. And I love that um, approach to networking that you, that you pointed out. 
because if you do obviously put in, you will get back in spades. Um, it's really a law of reciprocity, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I always get people telling me, oh, look, guys, I don't like this idea of networking. It seems so fake. You know, and look, I, I completely understand and resonate with that. And it can feel mechanical when it's done in a way that is disingenuous. And so the way that I find it's helped me is actually to start with a very small group of people that I already know really well, that I trust, and simply to ask them to say or to suggest somebody in their network that they think might be interesting for me. So that introduction happens. It's warm, right? It's not a cold introduction. It's a warm introduction, right? And I think there was a a stat on LinkedIn that used to say this, right, that for every direct contact that you have, you have access to around 250 indirect people, right? So if you want to have access to a 1,000 people, you only really need four people. So it's not a numbers game. It's not a volume activity, right, networking. It's a quality activity. So I think when we pull our minds away from the fact that I need to have lots and lots of people in my network, it is actually not that. I genuinely believe that it is about your quality. And therefore, it's just having fun with the conversations that you're having through people that you already know and that sort of resonate with you. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you don't you don't want to make it a chore. You want it to actually be a fun experience, which is why I think the quality control is, for yeah. lack of better words, <laughs> is really important. Because, you, you know, it's something that we know we need to do, but we also want to have fun doing it, right? So completely resonate with that. Look, the next thing I want to jump into, to Gadge, is... Now we've we've sort of talked a little bit about, you know, um, being good at what you want to do. You know, we talked a little bit about networking. Now, in sort of doing a bit of research about you, I was quite interested in how you um, would convey your brand. And I know, obviously, recently you've been on TikTok, so <laughs> the, brand, the brand is everywhere. So can you tell the audience, like, what's the best, again, process sort of strategy to go through if you really want to build your brand? and make people aware about, you know, what you do. Yeah. Look, mate, inherently I'm terrible at networking and building brand. It's been something that I have had to really push through my own sort of mindset and work through. You know, I hear lots of people talk about, um, you know, I don't want to build this brand. I don't want to get too big. It requires me to be, I'm an introvert. I'm quite shy. I don't want to do that. Well, I'm an introvert. And I think there's a difference between skill and will, right? And so you might not have the skill at something, but you might have the will, right, to build your brand. And therefore, you can learn the skills, right, to do that. But if you have the skill and no will, you're not going anywhere, right? You're, you're literally not going anywhere. And so, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? So no, what that no. means is say you want to build a brand in your business or your personal brand, right, in something. It doesn't matter if you don't have the skill because you can learn it. Right? That's the good news. If you have intention and you have drive, right, with the sense of connecting with your bigger set of purposes, right, then you're in a good place, right? That's the first thing that I think immediately comes to mind. The second thing is around how are you going to serve people through this brand, right? Who are the people that are going to benefit from this brand? Because they're the ones who ultimately need to hear about you. And typically you can do that through what, what I call a push and a pull strategy, right? So the push strategy is you getting all that information out to people. So that could be, you know, you proactively calling up people, talking to your network, having conversations, sort of sending messages, 
pushing stuff through TikTok and Instagram and LinkedIn and that kind of thing, right? So that's all proactive pushing stuff out there. But there is this other side around your brand building, which is pull, right? And this is the idea that, you know, a lot of these mega brands, you know, have really understood, right? Which is, you know, if you think about Coca-Cola, for example, right? They do a lot of advertising and marketing and, and put their stuff out there. But, you know, one of the things that they do really well is that they also speak at conferences, right? They also have people who um, do things where they put this information out there and it attracts information. It pulls you towards them. And so, therefore, there's a combination of things. So, if you think about your brand, I would say go and think about sitting on um, panels, right, in conferences or getting into podcasts and leaving that information out there to the universe, right? So in one way, you're pushing that information out, but then you're leaving it out there, right, for people to make a choice about whether they want to engage with you or not, right? Now, that means connecting on podcasts that actually mean something to you, right, and that will mean something to your audience, right? So I'm assuming through this conversation, you're talking about a holistic you, right, through this podcast series. That is absolutely in alignment with what I would like to offer to people that I work with, right? It has to be, can't just look at your career in isolation, right? It has to be something that is the bigger package. And so the fact that you and I, James, resonate on that means that I should spend time with you, right? And have that conversation. Now, whether anything comes out of that or not, I'm going to enjoy the conversation anyway. So it's a bonus, right? I've already won through this process for myself, you know, and so therefore I'm hoping that you get something out of it, your audience gets something out of it. And Five months down the track, someone might listen to this podcast and say, oh, my God, you know what? I actually didn't realize that this guy was doing this, right? I didn't realize that Gudge was talking about turning problems into opportunities, right, and, and how to do that. I might look that up, right, and therefore some value might come from that, right, for that person. So managing the push and the pull a little bit can be really helpful, right? So if you think about what am I leaving out there in the world that is actually going to attract people to me, versus me sort of proactively pushing stuff right now, right, out to people can be really helpful. Yeah, look, I love that, Gatch, because I think the um, it sounds like the overarching philosophy of what, you, what you're saying is that you want to align yourself, obviously, with something that you're passionate about and, the you know, the message that you're passionate about, but also it sounds like you're very keen to pay it forward, you know, really share that knowledge and really inspire people for the better and then with that it's almost like a cycle it'll it will come back to you because obviously we want to we all want to grow and develop etc um, but i just like really like that philosophy you will give and if you the more you give the more kindness that you sort of give to the world it will come back to you so yeah, yeah i think that's a really good message absolutely man i'll give you a classic example it happened this week and, you know, I went and did a presentation, uh, this is in Dubai to a group of sort of young entrepreneurs and, and company founders. Um, there are about 30 of them in the room and we were looking at mental toughness and resilience. Um, and I know you've had the podcast on resilience. And, um, one of the things, uh, so I do actually do my homework, which is good, right? So I, I do, uh, <laughs> which is always helpful, man. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that, um, <laughs> came up was that after that workshop, a number of them came and said, look, can you actually run this for our kids? Because I think if you, you know, we're in our 30s and 40s, if you gave it to our kids who are, you know, kind of in that, in their 13, their 13 and 14, I would love for them to have this advantage, 
And so I did. I did it on the Saturday, straight away on the weekend at 10 o'clock. Now, the kids that came, they were not happy because they were being forced to come to something. You can just imagine on a Saturday morning. Did you, Gage, did you tell them that you're on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> James, I'm going to start with that next time because I think that's going to help me. That's genius. That's genius. Um, I don't think they would probably look at that and they probably wouldn't enjoy that either. But um, look, I think... Uh, <laughs> The key thing was, you know, how do you pay that forward to this young group of people? Imagine having an entire generation of people growing up with these skills that they didn't have to wait 20 years or 25 years to learn, right? And, you know, again, it goes back, yes, trail of happiness and, and doing all those things. But that is an example of perhaps working with people who are in that bottom third that I was talking about. Maybe not as skilled in this area, therefore you help them, you develop them. That gives you that reinforcement of what you do, which is really helpful. So it almost becomes unintentional. So you start doing things intentionally, and this is a big part of performance and career. A lot of people have accidental careers, accidental performances. We need to change that into becoming intentional, and then it becomes unintentional, becomes unconscious. You start doing it without even realizing. And it was only on the plane on the way back here that I connected those dots, that it wasn't even something I planned. It wasn't something that I had intentionally organized, but it actually felt really good and it was aligned, right, to what I'm trying to achieve. And it sounds like you're practicing what you're preaching there because that, you know, that give to get, that, that sort of, that magnetism around what you are about, you know, clearly the parents identified that that message was, was brilliant and then obviously they want to have their kids receiving the same message. So, Props to you, Gadge, because that's, that's what we should all be doing, unintentionally yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Eventually, you know, you start with intentional and it becomes unintentional, right? I think that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. Look, I think, I think we'll leave it there, Gadge. That's been really insightful, an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. If people are tuning in today for the first time, can you just share with them a little bit about where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely, mate. So LinkedIn is probably the best at Gajravi Chandra and then the website, uh, compass with a K, compassconsultancy.com. I am on Insta and, uh, yes, as you alluded to, TikTok, uh, is there. Happily have a presence. <laughs> um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I definitely climbed higher in my, uh, my daughter's, my teenage daughter's, uh, perception of me after doing that. So I think that definitely <laughs> helps. <laughs> All right. We'll leave it there. Thanks again, Gaj. Thanks, James. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Thanks for listening to the Holistic You podcast, where we inspire you with the confidence to live a happy, healthy, and more balanced life. If you found today's content meaningful, please tag me in your stories or posts or follow me on Instagram. Like and subscribe and leave a five-star written review.